Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I am just so blessed to be here with a longtime friend of the podcast, Nancy Hicks. Um, she's an author of many amazing books. She's uh, been on the podcast a couple of times to just share her passion for God's word and just for living the gospel in a very amazingly real and contagious way. Um, and today we're here to talk with Nancy about just a, an incredibly difficult time she's been walking through um, as she shares with us about uh, basically how to engage in the holidays through grief. Um, and, and we'll talk with Nancy about her story. But uh, Nancy recently said goodbye to her, her son, David, whom you've heard about on our podcast. We've prayed for him and talked about him. And um, we're just we're just thankful that you're here to share, Nancy. I just thank you for um, for putting yourself out there to to talk with us today. Thank you for being here. It is uh, I won't say an honor. I mean a, a pleasure. It's yeah. an honor. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I just want to jump in and and just ask if you could share with us. Um, just you've been through so much over these last months since we've spoken. Um, you've walked beside your son, David, through the last stages of his battle with colon cancer. Um, and could you just kind of tell us what has this last year or so looked like for you? Oh. Uh, well, I know right before we pushed record, I, I said to you, it, I, I have suffered in my life. I had an abusive father who walked away when I was five and my mother raised her three girls. I, uh, we went through a sexual, uh, uh, a predator preyed on, on one of our sons. And we went through a whole issue back in 2013. Um, so I've suffered, but never, never has anything come close to this to uh, imagining um, that our son David would be diagnosed at 26 so and then would die at 28 so he uh, David um, and I talk about David in the present because as followers of Christ you know I believe that he is more alive today than the day than 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 before he uh, than when he was on the earth and when I could touch him and sniff him (laughs) Um, so, you know, extraordinary guy, um, my, my older son, um, loved people, all kinds of people, non-believers, homeless people, um, judges and, uh, and, um, Harvard professors and the, um, president of his undergraduate college sent the most unreal emails about the impact David had had on, on their lives, um, Yeah, so David was a graduate student at Harvard doing a double uh, major in public policy and law, and he was going to be uh, entering into a career in um, U.S.-China relations. He had lived in Shanghai for two and a half years and loved the people of China. And uh, so he came back to do his graduate studies in, uh, he was going into U.S.-China relations or international trade law. And... um, he was diagnosed at age 26 with colon cancer, stage four, out of the blue, like perfectly healthy, strong, gorgeous, fit, uh, healthy eater, clean, like an amazing chef, clean eater. 
and just came right out of the blue. And the, the oncologist said, you know what? We see 400 of these a year. We see two of you, like to be 26 and have this, unreal. But don't worry, we'll get it. You know, we've got all kinds of things at our disposal and uh, all kinds of clinical trials, chemotherapy, alternative routes to take. I will die before you do, David. And um, two years later, it was in a window. Lit neck. Nothing worked, Jamie, nothing. Everything was, was, uh, uh, was uh, a bad report. For a kid who had, had life by the tail and loved God, by the way, followed Christ. In fact, loves God, follows Christ still. Um, he was, you know, he's just an incredible man and had truly had life on this earth by the tail. And then in those two years, everything was a no, 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 not successful, not successful. Everything was an F. <laughs> and, um, and then finally in a windowless room uh, here at, in, so we live uh, in Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. And when COVID hit, David had moved home because in fact, Harvard was the first school to shut down university and everyone went back to their, uh, to their homes around the world. And David moved home and he hadn't lived at home for a number of years. Um, but he spent his last day, his last days, his last year here with my husband, Cam of 31 years and myself, we adore him and his only sibling, his brother, Aaron and Aaron's wife, Rachel, we were all just right around him. Um, and in the windowless room in, in, at the university of, of Pennsylvania hospital, an oncologist here said to him, we have done everything we can. And our plan B is, um, this hospice. And we couldn't believe it. I mean, we just could not believe it, but it's true. And then on May 1st, three weeks later, David died. And uh, I'm five months into grieving, Jamie. And I mean, I suppose we were grieving all along those two years because there were times when I remember, I remember someone who works for us here at the house said, uh, when he was first diagnosed, Oh, I know someone who had colon cancer, a stage four colon cancer and lived 20 years. And I remember looking at them thinking, you think that comforts me? I didn't say it, but inside I thought 20 years puts my son mid forties yeah. with potentially young kids or, or preteens. How was that supposed to comfort me? And I remember at times going to bed, like weeping before God saying, and like hyperventilating, God, my son could die in his forties in his forties, um, you know, and then Rachel Held Evans died at 36 or whatever she was. It's like people could die at 36. I mean, you know, you hear of these things and he died at 28 and I'm just like, this is unreal, but that is where we are. And grief is very much a part of our experience in a very, very new and deeply profound way. Well, one of the kind of messages that that you have prepared or that you've kind of been thinking about, I guess, with the holidays coming up is this idea, you know, that the holidays can be difficult even under, quote, normal circumstances, you know, like the holidays can be a difficult time 
Um, but this is going to be a very different holiday season for you, obviously. And, you know, I'm just thankful that you're willing to talk about mm. what we can do, whether people listening are grieving themselves or whether people are not grieving, but really to, to raise awareness about what can we do mm. to kind of surround people with, uh, to understand, I guess, have a window into what is it like to be grieving during the holidays? Um, you know, and so I guess I think you can kind of maybe feel like you need to put on this happy face, but I know that you've talked about that it's important to be present in your grief and to embrace that grief. So could you maybe share how you're thinking you might go about doing that during the upcoming holidays? I'm sure it's already been in practice just during the day to day also. Oh my goodness, Jamie. <clears throat> so much to say. Yeah. But I want to be um, helpful. And I, I want to start by saying um Grief is hard work. Grief requires time, margin, space. It's holy ground. It is, dare I say, it is an invitation. And you can balk at that. You can say, I am not going to RSVP this invitation, or I'm going to say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can avoid it. You can dismiss it. You can deny it. You can gloss over it. But my strong recommendation right out of the shoot, before I start parceling it out for us and for your listener, mm-hmm. my strong recommendation is to engage. You don't get dragged off the life. Like I'm an optimistic, high energy go-getter. I am a person. My ministry is called Nancy Hicks Live. I'm about life and calling people to life. And I am all about that. And I'm high energy, passionate, like that's me. In this season, I have seen more than ever before. I wrote it in my book, Meant to Live. It was not the thesis of Meant to Live, but it now has become a center point on my website, nancyhickslive.com. The extent, here's the quote, the extent to which you enter into your pain with God is the extent to which genuine life Mm. is released in you. They're equal in measure. It's like a pendulum that swings. So you enter into when, when you've been invited into this kind of profound pain and suffering, you can cut it off and truncate it. Okay. I don't advise it. My advice is go with God, go where he leads you, just like the cross, go where he leads you. And you enter into that wholeheartedly with God. And again, parceling that out to see what does that actually look like? Nancy, we'll come to that. But the the extent to which you enter into this with God is the extent to which genuine life not artificial, not glossy, not 
super Christian, none of that. But, but God will resurrect what is dead. That's what he does. God will, uh, he is the one who will create the life. You don't need to make it happen. It will happen when you enter into this place with God. Uh, I, I was reading this morning in scripture, Revelation chapter three, the letters to the churches. And, and, um, and Jesus says to the church at Smyrna, he's like, uh, you have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Mm-hmm. Wake up, <laughs> wake up. You know, I have a course called Awaken. So I, I am all like, like, you have the reputation, the illusion of life, but you're all gloss and no substance is basically what he's saying. We don't want that. We want genuine life. So entering into the pain with God, especially when you're like, it's unavoidable. This is, this is our charge. And so, so <laughs> do you want me to pause for a minute or do you want me to start giving some actual practical, what does that look like, Nancy? You choose. No, I definitely want you to jump into that. The one thing that this reminded me of as you were talking mm. about that though, with regards to the holidays is if you're looking for a way to escape grief, mm. being really busy during the holidays could be a tempting thing for some people. Uh, now, depending on the extent of the grief I'm imagining. Right, right. So I love, like, I am such a, this is my biggest holiday, even, even like, it's not the highest, higher holiday than Easter, but in terms of celebration in our family, like I deck the halls, the the meals, David and I would sit together and plan the the menus and Mm -hmm. execute the menu. I mean, he and I did a lot of the cooking together and, Mm -hmm. and the other family members too, but David and I were the ones. Uh, this is the first Christmas. I will not be in the kitchen with David. I will be pulling out the recipes while crying. Trust me. So um, I, I do not enter into the celebration of Christ's birth for the sake of my family. Mm-hmm. Like it's, they are not number, number one on the list. It, it's, it's God. Yeah. So I honor the birth of Christ, um, primarily family is next. So, you know, whether my son is alive here on this earth or not is, I was going to say wholly irrelevant. It's not true that it's wholly irrelevant, but in a sense, it's not the main thing. Christ's birth celebration of the incarnation is the main thing. So let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting busy at the holidays is such, is so uh, tempting, like you said. And I, I don't think that's the wisest thing. I think you have to pay attention to what it is you want to do and need to do. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're the kind of person who avoids pain and you just need to get on a treadmill and be busy and happy and distract, I hate that word distract. I want to yeah. distract. No, 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 no. I, I just don't recommend it. I think if you feel like, you know what, I've mourned, I've wept, I have given thought to this. Um, I want to go to a party, go, I want to get dressed up and I want to go to dinner, go. That's not distracting. That's not wrong. 
that's good. But if you only need to party and you only need to be playing deck the halls with Bowser Hall, you know, you need to reevaluate what's happening here. Um, if you're only in the depths of despair and there's no, uh, I'm not going to say joy, but I will say one of my experiences has been that um, your podcast is about prayer. My experience of prayer for, for the first three months after David passed, I couldn't even go near my prayer chair. Yes. Couldn't go near it. I was so angry and hurt by God. And, but what I found is as I paid attention and was present to my pain, I, I found, um, oh, I feel like I want to, this was May 1st, he passed. So maybe in the spring, I found that I wanted to plant one of my outdoor planters and was kneeling and planting it. And I wasn't doing the dutiful Christian sit in my prayer chair, pray. No, because I felt like I didn't want, I was all, I was a mess. I'm like, I can't. But while I was planting the planter out in the garden, these shoots of genuine organic prayer emerged. And I found myself, Jamie, kneeling, planting this pot. And all of a sudden I started to weep and praying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I just wept through every line, every line of prayer that meant so much. It was a sacrifice of prayer as I wept in the garden. And it was not contrived and it wasn't, obligatory it just in some ways it i mean it just emerged from my soul organically and that was pretty profound so i think being present to our grief being present to what i want to do and don't want to do um editing my life i can't be around people who are high energy right now and i am that woman i can't do it i can't hear chipper music i can't do it it's going to be um, Yo-Yo Ma playing cello repertoire and opera for me. And even a lot of Christian music I can't listen to, Jamie, in truth. Yeah. It's too, some of the lines, I want to go, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to explain a thing or two to some people in case they start to think it means this, because it doesn't. Right. There's a lot of reevaluating going on right now. What I love about that, Nancy, is that you just the message to go out to people that are experiencing deep grief, don't feel guilty for not being able to pray in the way that you think prayer should be done, which is, you know, sitting in your prayer chair, reading scripture and praying or however you want to do it, that, that until you sit not only with your grief, but maybe with your anger toward God and your frustration and disappointment and, and just allow that to be, um, that that's okay. And, and that that might take time, but that God is still there and that those organic prayers will come eventually, but not to force it. I, I think that's an important message. I think so. And I think that I've learned a lot through grief counseling and marriage counseling, because, you know, divorce is a is a, I understand the reality. It's like a high, high percentage. In fact, David, one of the requests that David made when he was really pouring his heart out to us one evening after he'd been put on hospice, he was just, we were sitting by the fire and David was just crying and he, oh no, it wasn't actually, it wasn't, he wasn't yet put on hospice. It was earlier, like it was February or March. Mm -hmm. And he was just, he just cried and said, mom and dad, please don't get a divorce. Mm 
please don't get a divorce. I know what the statistics are. And I'm just asking you, I mean, he was so precious. And, um, and I think understanding that your grief journey is very, in some ways, there are certain patterns. For example, denial is a pattern in grief. Bargaining with God is a pattern in grief. Anger is a pattern in grief. Expect these things. Um, but also, it's a unique journey not to be compared to others. And so your grief journey is not going to look like your spouse's. Right. It's different. And to respect that and honor that. Um, and your grief journey is not going to be like another's. And boy, do I find, I found, I judge myself very harshly. You know what that means, right? That internally, deep down in, I'm likely judging others, right. which God have mercy on me and forgive me. There's a prayer when your when your guts are all spilled out and you're mourning, like you can't necessarily get to those places in you in yourself when you're still doing the good girl thing, when you're still behaving yourself. You need to pour it out before God, whatever that looks like. Um, I know I, I mentioned for me walking through the house and just sobbing how could you to god how could you i mean just how could you how and what kind of a father are you like we sing you're a good good father and i'm like yeah you know what i had a father that was abusive and left me i spent 30 years healing and, and trusting God the Father, only to find out 30 years later that my son was devoured by colon cancer when thousands of people were praying. Mm. And this good father that I now trusted allowed that to happen. And I'm like, God, I'm not protected the way I thought I was. That's honest. God can deal with that. That, yeah. that gets to the heart of the matter. And God's yes. going, out, a girl, come yeah. to me, child. Come to me now. We're getting to the core of things that were so deeply hidden, so deep in you. And now we can reason together, Nancy. That is, that does not, you will not get there by being busy and by being cute and by trying to uh, dismiss or distract yourself, dismiss grief or distract yourself. You can't get there. You can't get to those deep places with God. Oh, that is so good. Mm. Well, I kind of, I interrupted, you were on a roll. I'm kind oh. of, I, this was a great tangent, but you were on a roll and I kind of stopped it. So no. what are the practicals? What are the, what does it look like? What does it look like to, to, to get real with your grief and with God? I mean, some of that has been, has come out of this tangent, but. Yeah. So I think some of it is, is don't judge your feelings. Mm. Let them come. Invite them to the table. I'm angry. Why do we think as Christians anger is wrong? Do not sin in your anger. Okay, I got that. But why do we feel like we're not allowed to be angry? That's ridiculous. Of course you're angry. You should be angry. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, in fact, uh, there was a church that had canceled me as their keynote speaker. And um, it was after they had watched me lament at David's memorial service. Mm -hmm. 
And they said to my assistant, um, we are going to cancel Nancy because she needs to get her faith back in alignment. And that was painful. Yeah. So I would say, um, don't judge your grief journey, the feelings that are coming, the thoughts that are coming. We're so afraid to blaspheme God. That's one of my fears. I don't want to blaspheme the living God in my anger, in my fury, in my, in my grief. It's very real, right? Like I don't, I don't want to dishonor God. So, so I get that by even thinking, I don't just, I want, I don't want to dishonor God. He won't just pour out your heart. God, I feel this God. I'm angry. God, I'm furious. God, you know, whatever. God, I feel lonely. God, like get it out of you. One of the things I suggest too, and you know, I I don't know when you're going to air this Jamie, but you know, I'm doing a webinar grief holiday grief, November the 13th. It's a Saturday for two hours, holiday grief, honoring the life and loss of a loved one this season. Mm. Um, and certainly my awakened course that's online in nancyhickslive.com. It's a, it's a resource that you can do at any point. Um, and people do it in groups and people do it by them by themselves, but it's the underpinnings of the faith so that when life does hit, you're not losing it all you're not walking away. One of the things I say is, you know, pain is par for the course. It's not like Jesus didn't tell us this, right? We like to forget that sometimes and focus on the, the other things, but he, he guaranteed that we would have trouble, right? You're going to have trouble. Pain is par, Yeah. but you know, we're so, we're so, um, in bed with the American dream, um, more than the gospel, which is all death and resurrection, death and resurrection. You you practice it when you lie down at night, every single night of your life, you take the posture of death and you go to sleep. Sleep is a euphemism for death. And every morning you rise. So you are enacting every single night of your life and every single morning, death and resurrection, death and resurrection. And so that is the gospel. And yet we, for some reason, think we can escape the death part. I hate that we have to go there, but it is indeed what Christ has um, alerted us to, modeled. Um, So I would say one of the things when it comes to um, grieving, I would say, um, be honest in your grief. And I would say that there's a lot of dualism that happens, Jamie, meaning we are so disconnected from our bodies and our spirits, our souls, we, we need to reconnect those and give some cohesion. And one of the ways that I suggest in grieving is to let your body move. Like get on your face and weep. Take a page from the handbook of Hannah in Samuel. And as she muttered, and they thought she was a drunk, um, as she muttered, and in fact, at the Wailing Wall, you know, Western Wall in Jerusalem, where I've been, right when David started this journey, um, where their bodies, um, Hebrew women, Hebrew people, will move their bodies right. um, in, the, in the tradition of Hannah, body is engaged in grief. So if you need to pound pillows, pound the floor, pound your bed, get it out of your body, let your body feel 
what you feel so that you can be cohesive. There can be a cohesive message and no dualism, the separation of body and soul, that there's cohesion in the experience of grief. That's going to serve you very well in the end. Um, it's going to come out in different ways if you don't allow it to come out in a very honest and organic way anyway. Um, those are a few ways I can go on if you wish. <laughs> um, if there are particular questions, though, about, about the holidays in particular, um, what do you think? Well, keep going. If you have a couple more, I would love to hear you continue because I think that's really valuable. I have a couple of specific questions, but we can, we can wait a few minutes for that. Sure. I'd yeah. Like to hear more. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, that we have to allow, um, when we're grieving, we have to allow ourselves to grieve. Um, not just, the loss of a loved one, as though that weren't enough, but the loss of all we believed, which proves to not be as we thought it was. Mm -hmm. For I example, the, the loss of a dream, or loss of a dream, yeah. the loss of, you know, when I said, um, when I said that I said to God, you're not the protector I thought you were. Mm -hmm. And as we sing songs, like when I stand now in church for a bit of time, I, Cam and I couldn't even show up in our church. We didn't want people to be in our faces. We didn't want people hugging us. We couldn't, we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so then when we started showing up again, we would come a little late and leave a little early so that again, we wouldn't be, we wanted to be with the people of God. Um, but just to have a lot of grace for yourself and a lot of just space to do what you need to do. Um, and as we stood, and even still, as we stand and look at the lyrics of worship songs, you know, you're a, uh, what's, what, what's the lyric? You're a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right? And, and I sometimes want to grab the mic and go, I know you probably think that this is what this lyric means, but we need to talk about this. You look at Psalm 121, you know, I lift up my eyes to the hills. I think it's Psalm 121. Um, uh, lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my, yeah, help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot, you know, stumble. Um, when you look at that in the context of watching your son be devoured by colon cancer and die at 28, you have to start to go, wait, maybe this doesn't mean what I thought it does. When my boys were young, I, my husband, Cam traveled a ton and, um, I would feel often afraid at night, actually. And I was afraid because I knew cognitively that even though we pray, when we pray, sometimes God says, yes, sometimes God says no. And I knew that lots of people pray and lock their doors at night. And you may not feel good about hearing this, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. The truth is that lots of people pray and lay their heads down at night. And people do, in fact, come into their homes and do, in fact, hurt them and do, in fact, steal and do, in fact, abuse mm -hmm. and kill. Like, that's not 
that's not something like for a lot of people in the world, in, in the cities. Uh, yeah. So, so I know that these things happen though people are praying. So I would have people say to me, just pray. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like I had, didn't think of that. Thank you. I know. And so then I got to the place where I was like, okay, Abba, I'm asking you to dispatch your angels to the doors and the windows of this home. I'm afraid, God. I'm asking you to dispatch your angels and to protect us in Jesus' name. And even if you don't, that you'll give me the grace to endure. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. And so, you know, so facing some of the lyrics of the songs when, you know, sometimes we're like, it has to mean this. No, it doesn't actually have to mean that. In fact, you might want to start facing truth. Like, I know it says that. I know you are a way maker, but you may make a way for my son to actually die while I watch him take his last breath. And that is the way, in fact, that's the way maker. Mm -hmm. And I now have to live on this side with my son now being gone and God will make a way in that place. Mm -hmm. It may not actually mean that David will be healed from cancer and live 70 years. These are the realities that we have to face and we have to grieve them. We have to mourn that loss of what we thought we knew about God and what we held tightly to. And God is saying, I'm going to release your fingers from what you must have to what actually is and who I actually am. Oh, that's probably heavy and deep, but that's some of the grieving too that we need to end, that we need to, you don't need to, you can live it however you choose to. But if you want genuine life and you want a relationship with the living, true, real God, that's the invitation often. That is powerful, Nancy. And it's, you know, I, I think an element of what you're talking about that you're kind of realizing is not necessarily, you know, whether in the praise songs or in, in scriptures, the, the understanding that some people have or choose to take with some of these scriptures, 
is, is kind of a version of this prosperity gospel. Oh yes. If you only become a Christian, your life will be better. You'll get that job and it'll pay more than the job that you had wanted before. And sometimes that happens. I mean, God does all kinds of amazing things, but it's not the rule and it's not our right in, in those terms. But, but when you get into these deeper losing people, um, watching suffering, you know, looking at suffering on the big picture, however you look at it, it's, these are truths we do have to, we have to confront and digest, but it it doesn't mean it's easy, but I love your example of engaging with it and, and engaging with God, the almighty God that, that we can't understand whose ways are so far beyond our understanding that, that he would do certain things or allow certain things. And yet here you are encouraging people to turn to him. And that's, yeah. that's so powerful. Yeah. I've said this on other podcasts and certainly in my speaking, I've got, you know, I'm starting to go out again mm-hmm. um, uh, and speak at conferences and retreats. And um, I have a talk called the inevitable portal to life, which is death. And um, I think that uh, we would do wise to embrace the mystery of God. God is infinite. And I am coming face to face with God as infinite. And part of my prayer life has looked like a lot of silence Mm -hmm. and a lot of weeping. And I think that what I'm, what I'm sorrow, as I sorrow, that that is, that is, prayer that God is it is rich incense um in the sight of God sans words and um certainly we know the scriptures uh, talk about that that the spirit groans with us we know this we hear this but but we don't actually think we need to groan do we oh yeah actually you do in fact someone because I was a professional singer and I still sing um but um I had someone say to me, are you singing these days? Like they thought I should be singing. This was maybe after three months of, um, after David had passed. And I just looked at them and I said, no, my voice is otherwise engaged right now. Mm. And what I meant by that is, I mean, Jamie, the sounds coming out of my voice, my throat. I was like, whose voice is that? Mm. I have never heard those sounds out of my body ever. And I think that's a, that's a response. That is a biblical response to tragedy and to death. I would say too, around the holidays, but anytime, and it certainly I, w- I was mentioning on November 13th, the webinar I'm doing on holiday grief, we're doing the webinar because I want to get to people who need to be set up for in some small measure to be able to, to unite with people who've lost a loved one. Um, and certainly COVID has put that front and center and I want to minister, right? But, um, but in February, on February the 5th, Saturday, it's an entire day um, and people are coming, you know, from this tri-state area um, live and it's the blue experience. And um, I really know, not just at the holidays, though at the holidays is a good time, um, pull out the things that will allow you to remember and honor that one. I'm going to pull out, 
David's ornaments that I had been giving to him over the last several Christmases. And, you know, he lit, he studied at Oxford in his undergrad for, uh, for a year and he did a, a study abroad and I had been accumulating Christmas ornaments for him, for his own tree one day. And so I'm going to pull those out. And do you think they're going to cause me to grieve and to cry? Yes. Well, that's not a bad day. That's par for the course. That's normal. That should happen. So I think, you know, pulling out the, 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 um, the recipes, David's recipes, using David's things that are in my kitchen. Um, I go and sit in his room and um, read some of the letters. I think engaging, especially at the holidays, and allowing God to do what God does, do the, the one thing God has promised us. The one thing you can count on is incarnation. I will be with you. That's the one thing you can trust God for. I will be with you. I will be with you. That's what Christmas is. God with us. The incarnation, which is why when someone is with you when you're dying or someone is with you when you're mourning or someone is with you when you feel alone, just someone being with you, even if they say not a word, that is everything. Mm. That's everything. And um, so I think, I think uh, those kinds of things to honoring and remembering that one, not, not putting them aside as though they never existed, like, I need to say my son's name. I need to ask David, what's it like where you are now? He's more alive. He's not dead. So what's that like for you, David? What's food like there? What's the banquet like? Who are you talking to these days? Like, you know, these are the kinds of things that I think grief, certainly grief is looking like for me. And I think honoring and remembering especially at the holidays, but anytime the one you have lost, um, the one who has died is, um, is really critical. Well, in the last few minutes we've, we've talked, and I really think this was the, the God ordained purpose was to talk about grief and how to deal with it. And we will air this early November. So people will have an opportunity to sign up for that, um, oh, that webinar. And I'll, I'll ask you in a few minutes to kind of share those details and we'll, yes. we'll share about that. But, um, but on the flip side, for those who are not grieving themselves, but want to support others through grief, mm. I know you have been hurt by careless words and in different situations during this grief journey, you've been encouraged. Can you just share a little bit about what has not been helpful and what has been helpful both in words and actions from from your people and the people oh. around you i'm going to start with the positive if you don't mind because i'm telling you i i have been cam and i both um we have been leaders in the church since we were teenagers jamie and I, you know, I have, we have people that we have served for years and years and people showed up. I mean, meals were brought. I am, I love to cook. I had no energy, like none. Yeah. I'm a brisk walker. No, thank you. I had, I walked so slowly for months 
And so to have people come and feed us, we had a roster so that we didn't have too much food coming at us all at once. Like that's not helpful. That's overwhelming for me, Mm -hmm. but there was a roster where like, we narrowed it down to twice a week because usually there's enough food, you know? So people showed up, people um, would just say, we're here. My neighborhood some of whom are non-believers, some of whom are baby Christians, some of them came to Christ through my husband and me, they showed up. Nancy, we are right here. My next door neighbor, Julie, I adore her. She sobbed with me. She helped me clear out a cupboard. She helped me clean my son's bedroom. Like Things like that, practical things, as the person, one of the best things is to have, is to ask, how can I serve you today? How can I help you today? What is helpful, Nancy? What is it you need right now? Because even in the day, I don't know what I'm going to need in two hours. Right. I may need you to leave because I'm just tired or I can't hear anymore. Um, actually looking at people, actually saying today, Nancy, what do, what do I, what do you, what, how can I help you today or right now? Um, do you want to talk about David? Would you rather not? Like, don't be afraid of those direct questions because they're, they just clear, like it's an elephant in the room. It's not like for a second, I've forgotten. It's not like, it's not the sea I'm swimming in is this sorrow that my son is gone. So you're not going to remind me of David. You're not going to hurt me. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, my soul is a wreck. So those kinds of things were very positive. On the flip side, um, avoiding eye contact, avoiding um, saying something, even like, Nancy, I'm just so sorry. We love you. Like, don't avoid that. Do that. Um, I still get cards or gifts or flat, like just things that just show up long after. So now it's five months, right? So send something as I remember as God's spirit brings the person to mind, not for everyone, you'll be overwhelmed, but for the one that God brings to mind, um, long after, maybe it feels like long to you. Five months is nothing. Um, uh, do temper your energy around that person. Because I'm here to tell you too smiley, too perky, too much energy, too many ideas is just overwhelming. Like narrow it down, simplify. Um, people who grieve, it's confusing. You're forgetful. It's, it, everything is overwhelming. Cam and I have, have at times looked and said, like, we are on it. The two of us, high capacity on it, high energy. We both have looked at each other and said, can you believe we didn't do, can you believe we, yeah. we let that happen or we left that there or because you're just, it, it's just a confusing time. Mm-hmm. So the more you can say, would you like to go to dinner with us? Or could we bring you a meal now? Or could we? could we bring some flowers or just show up with something and leave it on the doorstep and walk away kinds of kindnesses. Oh, they make a world of difference, world of difference. 
Well, I, I have one question for you. Do you think that in your situation and from your experience, um, do you think it's helpful for people to encourage you to, I'm just, I'm picturing if someone is, is deeply grieving and not interested in participating in something, is it helpful for someone to try and gently encourage you to do something? Or is that absolutely not helpful? So I think it depends on the person and you need to know, and you need to know your place in that person's life. Like if you had an intimate relationship with them before you walked the grief journey, we have friends like that in our lives. They're the inner circle. Yeah. And if you're not an inner circle person, like get over it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're another circle, but you're not inner. Like just, you know, you're good. You're fine. Um, be where you are. Know your place in the person's life. Um, it's not about you. It's not about you. And um, I think if you know, if you're, if you're close to the person and you, um, and you know that this is a person who, normally would be engaged in these things normally like for me normally I'm out brisk walking normally I'm 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 an extrovert um but if I say I'm not going I won't go to church right now I can't show up at the Sunday school class I won't be at the holiday gathering you just need to respect that you need to be okay with that if it's someone who's a recluse and who's just burrowing deeper and deeper and maybe medicating in ways that are harmful for you to again depending on your place mm-hmm. but for you to gently i will i'm going to underscore the word gently mm-hmm. gently we are in like all of your nerves are right on the surface it is all so raw and um So to be gentle with the person to say, you know what, I would love, so maybe they won't go to the gathering. So maybe you don't either and say, can I come over and we'll just sit together and listen to some music, whatever you want to listen to, or we'll just sit in silence Mm -hmm. by the fire, whatever you want. But if you know that that's a person who's burrowing maybe in their, their grief, you know, I said the quote earlier, the extent to which you enter into your pain with God is the extent to which genuine life will be released in you. They're equal in measure. Um, and so I think some people feel like if they go there into the pain, they'll never come out. It's like a vortex that right. will suck them in. And, and that's, not, that's not so. With God means that you are, again, whatever it looks like, engaging with God or knowing God is with me, God is with me, God is here, and that there is at least another person, if not a couple of other people around and about you. You are not isolated in your suffering and grief. That is not with God. If you think it's just you and God and nobody else, sometimes yes, but if it's, if it's a long period of time of just that, I would say, um, you know, another person or two, potentially, maybe just one, mm-hmm. um, could be invited slightly into that, um, to that, that holy, holy place with you um, to ensure that you're not just going deeper, 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 deeper. And again, if it's with God, it means with someone else too. Mm-hmm. 
and you will emerge from that. God will do that. God will do that. Um, so you don't need to fear the vortex, you know, getting sucked into that. But, um, but with God, you know, is about God bringing to mind particular prayers, genuine, organic, particular passages of scripture that may or may not, you know, if it's embedded in you, it will emerge. Even if you're not right now reading the scripture, don't beat yourself up about that. It's not, for a few months, I, I still, to be honest with you, I still look at my Bible and go, I've opened it a couple times, but I can't read it. I'm reading devotional books mm-hmm. on grief, but I cannot right now. I just can't. Um, and I'm a Bible teacher. <laughs> I love the word of God, the written word of God. So um, it's just a lot of grace in this period. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for all of this. I know that there are countless women out there that you're going to impact and affect with this message. And um, can you just share with us before we close up um, how people can connect with you, maybe share how they can find out more about this um, webinar that you're doing in November? Yeah, so the webinar is, again, Holiday Grief. And it's honoring the life and loss of a loved one this season. So if you have, and there have been so many people, Jamie, through COVID, I've heard from so many people, so many women who've said, I, I didn't get, my mom died and we didn't even get to give her, a, I wasn't there. We couldn't be there. David and I were circling, you know, while he was in the hospital his last time we were walking around, getting some exercise, walking through the hospital halls. And he said, mom, those people in that, in those rooms are by themselves because of COVID. No one can be with them, mom, no one. And he was burdened by that. Um, so for a lot of people, we, ha- we feel like we haven't given our loved ones their due. Mm. And so if that's you, or you know, someone who you've lost someone, or you know, someone who's lost someone holiday grief, it's November the 13th from 10 AM to 12 AM. It's a webinar for two hours only Eastern standard time and two hours. And it's a chance again, to honor the life and the loss of that loved one during the holidays to set you up a little bit better, uh, to face Thanksgiving and and Christmas, um, and certainly I have so many resources online, Jamie. Um, so much of my writing, a lot of it is free. Awaken My Course, uh, which is self-directed, is there too. And this is the underpinnings. I had a woman ask me at dinner while I was in Amsterdam last week, uh, a non-believer who, who turned to me at a dinner table and said, can I ask you a personal question? I said, yes. She said, how have you not lost your faith during this? And My Course Awaken is really the underpinnings of the faith that have grounded me so that when life is going cray cray, like it is for me right now, you're like, uh, no, my eyes and my focus and my antenna is where it needs to be. Yes, I'm grieving. Yes, I am mourning, but I am where I need to be. And awaken is really about that. The underpinnings of, of the faith. So lots of resources on nancyhickslive.com and Facebook and Instagram, Nancy Hicks Live. Everything is Nancy Hicks Live <laughs> because I'm all about life, Jamie. And, and, and unfortunately, death and suffering are part of being alive. So I love that about you, Nancy. You are just uh, 
inspirational and, and uh, yeah, well, I'm going to pray for you and thank you. Just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for allowing us into your journey. Thank you. Thanks for asking. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just come before you and give you thanks for David's life. I did not know David personally, but I just, I have experienced the, uh, the spirit that was in him and continues to be in him just through the things Nancy has said. I just, I can only imagine the influence David has had and the ripple effects of all of that influence on planet earth. God, we just thank you for him. Thank you for allowing him his time on earth. We lift up Nancy to you, God, and we just pray that you would pour out your comfort and your peace into Nancy. I just, I, I, I pray that you would fill her cup, fill her up until her cup runneth over that as she walks one foot in front of the other in the path that you have set before her, Lord, that, that it would not drain her to the point of empty, that, that she would constantly be overflowing with those springs of living water that you promise God. I just, I pray that you would give her wisdom to know how to proceed and when to rest and when to push forward and, and to just be sensitive to your spirit's leading. We pray that you would empower her with your Holy spirit to do every single thing that you've called her to. Lord, we just, we, we pray that you would, uh, just help her through her grief process, um, and, and just continue to walk beside her and be that God with us. Thank you for that name that you've given us to hold on to Jesus, God with us, that we can count on that that maybe we can't count on life working out the way we want or specific prayers about specific things necessarily coming to pass the way we would like, but we can count on you being with us, that your Holy Spirit dwells in us, that, that you're in front of us, beside us, and, and behind us in every step of, of whatever journey we're walking. I, we just lift up anyone right now who is walking a journey of grief. We pray, God, that you would dissolve any barriers between them and you, that you would, you would help them to seek your comfort, that the enemy would have no foothold in Jesus' name, and that you would just pour out blessings, God, pour out blessings on Nancy, on Cam, on their home, on their family, Lord, that you would be glorified in their lives and in David's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world 